0: Clear. You're gonna be hearing a little bit of background noise throughout the day, but it's just airplanes, so it's not it's,
1: it's not really noise. Good it's background noise. That's yeah, right. this That's is right. this is the best seat in the house. That's right. We
2: Here. got sky riders now. We got sky riders now. We got skywriters now. They, <laughs> it, does that
0: say Ucap? I can't. It's got a runway slurping. in the front yard. <laughs> and you're in sight, Cleveland. Turkey Festival Ground, good afternoon.
3: Sure, Texas
1: via be Fox Shot and Delta.
2: And welcome back live to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788, broadcasting on 1510 AM Lakeland, Florida. We want to welcome everybody to the Sun and Fun Fly-In 2011, a tradition we started, and you know, I'm running out of fingers on one hand to count. In fact, this is the last finger on this hand to count. Five years ago, on Wednesday of the fly-in, we did our very first live podcast, and that podcast was the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast and now I'm going to do something very, very scary. I am turning control of the Sun and Fun Radio deck over to Jack Hodgson, Jeff Birdside, and Dave Higdon. Welcome back, gentlemen. Be Yay. afraid. Be
4: very afraid. We <laughs> oh, control the, humanity. the ailerons. We control the elevator. <laughs> we control the flaps and the rudder. But I have the mixture control.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Uncontrolled Airspace
0: Podcast. Thank you, Dave Schalbetter. We Thank appreciate you, it. Uh, to uh, Jeb and Dave and James is here as well. Uh, so this could become a habit here. We could uh, we could like I don't know. I, how could this be more of a habit? Yeah, I know this is great, huh? Back again here down in uh, sunny Florida, and it sh- it surely is sunny this year. It's yes, it is. Um, even well, though it's early this year, it's warmer than I remember. Yeah, well, last
1: couple of winters were fairly chilly down here. Okay. Um, but uh, this this. Last, I don't know, month and a half, and I can't speak for Lakeland, but I can speak for, for my zip code in Sarasota. Uh, last month and a half or so, I've uh, been just marvelous.
0: Really? Yeah. No, I mean, I've been visiting a couple times recently, as people know. And I'm uh, shocked. Yeah, it is kind of nice. Really? It and, is kind of nice. Did I know this? Yeah.
4: no, <laughs> really. Don't you love the smell of smoke oil in the evening? I it's know, right? really.
0: We're, sure. uh, we're out here at the, uh, on the deck at the Sun and Fun Radio. And uh, the air show has just ended, and folks are starting to, uh, to filter back into the exhibits area here where we're standing. Some of them are heading on out to the parking lot, and others are continuing to check out the exhibits and the restaurants and, and whatnot. Um, but what David is alluding to is that the wind is sort of in our faces from the air show area, and so the uh, smoke oil, the uh, smoke from the airplanes, is it, blowing. In, in geographic
4: air. terms, we have a wind basically out of the north, and we're south of I, 927. Where the Wait, air if, show planes fly.
0: We've been down this road before. I, I've decided I'm not going to make references to directions this year. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know. It's that way, all right. The runway way, all right. Do you ever think
4: about the ratio to gallons burned of avgas versus gallons burned of smoke oil? No. To do this, it's Wha- got to be really amazing.
0: In In what way? You think it's uh, You think it's a lot of smoke oil, or not very much, or?
4: Well, I think there's probably ten. 12, 15 gallons of gasoline burned for every gallon of smoke oil. Yeah, I
0: would imagine if, if that little you know, but or that much. Or
4: when, you, when you think about the amount of burning that goes on in this place, you can't okay. neglect the fact that right. some of it is just little oil injected into a hot pipe and goes smoky, 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 and, and it gives this great aroma when it blows south across that's the right. Sun and Fun radio deck. So. Yeah, that's
0: right. So a, I love the smell of smoke oil in the afternoon. There you go. It smells like
4: airplanes. It smells like aviation, aviation baby. Aviation or
0: something like that, right? Anyways. Hey, welcome, folks, to Episode 229 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. We're recording this episode on Tuesday evening, March 29, 2011, and we are, as we said, live on location at the 2011 edition of Spring Break for Pilots, the Sun and Fun Flyin'.
4: Sun and Fun Flyin'. And, it, and, and later in the day today... After kind of funky stuff yesterday, we had sun to go with the fun. I know. Yeah, we'll go. talk about that in a second. I just, first of all, I, I you know, I want to
0: thank uh, Dave Schalbeter and all the gang here at Sun and Fun Radio for uh, being our hosts again. Uh, we always enjoy being uh, guests of the, uh, of the operation here and hanging out with them and, uh, um, and having our waffles.
1: I was going to say there's only one one word to say: well, waffles. Yeah.
2: So, uh, so we're
0: having a lot of fun here. Uh, Jeb and I have only been here for about, uh, what, eight hours or so. We got here this morning sometime. but uh, That's being charitable. Yeah. But, Dave, you've been here for
4: a, a couple of days now. That's correct.
0: Uh, and, and you were here for the big rains. It did rain like
4: crazy I was today. here for the big rain. Uh, I had the only concession on the field in air show-approved hip waders. <laughs> but they're not needed today, and they're not going to be needed for the rest of the week. No. Hopefully not.
0: No, it looks like the weather's broken because it's been a nice day today. It was a little, a little bit overcast, but no no signs of rain at all. Yeah. It's, uh, It's been very nice and very pleasant,
4: nice temperature, and
0: lots of airplanes flying. Yeah, we
4: had some hang-ups yesterday, a little moisture. <laughs> this morning it was a little foggy and caused a lot of planes to shoot the mist, and... When they shoot the mist oh, shoot and you can't mist. see them in the mist, but you can hear them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they say, poor soul, it's clear down here. Well, what's the ceiling? Well, about 50 feet, but yeah, it's
0: clear but, down here. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful down here on the ground. Uh, hey, James, how you doing? Is that microphone working? I think it is. There it is. How hey. you doing? So we
3: haven't talked to you or heard from you in a while. What have you been up to? I'm, you've been up to some fun stuff. I have. I have. I've been doing more flying this uh, winter than last winter. Or uh-huh. The one before where I had the... the uh, the fuel pump problem, if you recall that. Right, right, so right. thank God we're done with that. Uh Great flight down. I dropped the plane, off actually, in Avon Park, where PJ is going to be doing the annual. He's a Mooney expert. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm hoping, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, that there's no major squawks. The plane's been operating fine. So Yeah. Now, we're going to
0: talk about Sun and fun stuff, but first I want to hear a little bit about this. We, we, we contacted you about, oh, I don't know, was it a month ago, six weeks ago or so, and invited you to be on the podcast, and you said you'd love to be on the podcast, but you were about to launch on a mission In your Mooney to Central America. That's
3: right. This was uh, right before the Sebring LSA show. That's right. That's when. That's right. Yeah. So how did that go? Did you actually fly down to Central America? Yes. It it was fantastic. Uh, It was just an incredible trip. Uh, Patty Wagstaff asked me to go as her support person and plane. So we flew a flight of two uh, all the way around the Gulf because her extra is a little bit challenged in terms of its range. So she didn't really want to go across the Gulf and have it uh, run out of fuel, perhaps before reaching landfall. Bad idea. Bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Bad idea. So uh, we took the long way around. Uh, Of course, things did not turn out exactly as planned all around, as you can imagine. Do tell. Well, we thought, you know, El Salvador, two days. First day, Brownsville. (laughs) Second day, boom, Ilopango, here we come. It took longer, I tell you. Well, it took 3 days to get to Brownsville because we ran into weather. Now the extra has no IFR instruments again and it is very range limited. So we're landing every 2 hours or so for fuel. And it is, you know, and when we got down to Central America, you ever see what is it romancing the stone where right? right, yeah. where the guys, you know, about to get killed and suddenly the Desperado recognize. Oh, you're the woman who writes the right. mystery. <laughs> right. Well, that's sort of like what it's like traveling with Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Gringo, I yeah, hey. Oh, Patty. Oh, Patty, oh. Yeah, yeah. oh, so exactly. So that's what it was. That's kind of what it that's was. That's like. pretty funny. Yeah. So you had a good trip. You uh... great trip. Great yeah. trip. We uh, the the show was fantastic. The people in El Salvador were wonderful. A wonderfully committed general aviation community, there, small but very vibrant.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. What is like, what's it like to fly down there? What kind of flying happens down there?
3: There is a lot. There's, they have, I think, 38 GA aircraft in El Salvador. And that's 38. about... 38. And they have one FAA licensed mechanic. So, I don't... I didn't ask a whole lot about the legalities of what sort of repairs are being done. But they seem to operate very safely. Uh-huh. Uh, the air show was phenomenal. There are a lot of local performers. And everybody there who is like their top FAA people, they're in the air show too. They're getting into decathlons. They're getting in old dusters, and one thing and another. And
4: Wow. Aviation regulatory authorities who can fly... Aircraft. What a concept. Can you imagine? That's, 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 yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> we, we should suggest that.
4: Uh, hi, FAA.
3: Really, it made a marked contrast to what we expect to see here. Uh, crowds were phenomenal and very receptive. Uh, and, again, our hosts there were, were just so nice to us. And we missed, of course, some of the festivities leading up to the big show, the the volcano tour and things like that. But I think we uh-huh. made up for it on our, now, our the adventures on our way down. Be, being the ugly
0: American that I am, I don't have a real clear picture of where San Salvador is. El Salvador. El Salvador.
4: See, there you go. Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, San Salvador
3: is in the,
0: El Salvador. Yes, right. the
3: capital. Oh, well,
0: that's of El what I meant. Yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, so, uh, how many nations did you have to cross?
3: I, what were the national border crossings, is basically what I'm getting we at? We crossed into Mexico, and then from southern Mexico on the Pacific side, you overfly. About 100 miles worth of Guatemala before you come to El Salvador, which is a very small, I think it's the smallest country in Central America. Uh, and meanwhile, you're going by smoking volcanoes and things like this, so this is really yeah. quite an adventure. So, well, so th- th- there's a challenge, but I'm wondering more bureaucratically what it's like to fly. Bureaucratically. Uh, every time you land, you have to file a flight plan and go th- see various various offices of various regulatory organizations that stamp your it, forms it, in. it
4: is part of the employment development no program i understand there. Yeah. that's, so I'm asking. that's why i'm curious yeah.
3: and nobody speaks english so somebody better speak spanish uh-huh. yeah. because you've got to fill out forms and they're asking you all sorts of things so was it all just you know kind of bureaucracy you had to fill out the forms you had to do all the stuff or were there challenges above and beyond paperwork mostly it was paperwork and then trying to keep some sort of schedule when, as your first stop, your schedule gets thrown out the window because of all of the attendant just moving from office to office or because they don't bring the credit card back after you've bought the fuel for a half an hour or something. Or when we go back into Mexico from El Salvador and we're looking, okay, we really want to get through and make it to Brownsville today and get through the pass and, beat it before the weather comes through and you're taxing up as you did on the way down and going towards customs. Oh no, no, you have to do a 180 on the runway and go back and to the military side of the field there and go in where the Navy is and then you tax in there and they're lined up with dogs and video cameras and looking at you and march you over to what is like a tribunal table from the Spanish Inquisition with three of them sitting there staring at you and looking at you, wanting your paperwork, and then they all look at it, and you're taking photographs of your paperwork and, again, videotaping you and doing close-ups and getting in your face. So what you're saying is it's basically like getting on a commercial airline <laughs> I, these days. I'm just <laughs> thinking. See, that's... Are these the people that trained the TSA? I think that they've got uh, kind of a future doing something like that. And the kicker is when, at the end of this, they come up and they put a piece of paper in front of you. It's they're kind of... Survey customer survey customer service. How, survey. how how much did you like the <laughs> interrogation? How, how, how did we serve you? <laughs> inter- a very good interrogation. A wonderful interrogation.
1: Did
4: Was you, the latex glove color to your pleasing? Yeah. <laughs> did 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 you? Uh, file ifr for flight of two or did you do it all vfr flight
3: all vfr all vfr so you didn't
4: turn on the transponder in mexico
3: sometimes in some places they made us do that in some most of the places we were allowed to take off in a flight of two Mm -hmm. and to come in as a flight of two in some places it'd be said oh no you can't do that you have to be squawking separately and here's your code and then so you know if we if when that happened then we'd have to hook up you know down the coast now Fortunately, we were flying along the shore a bit of time, but Patty would say, can you see me now? All right, I'll turn on my smoke. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably going to send the right message, you know. And it was great. Sometimes she'd get maybe a little bored just, you know, buzzing along with me and dash down. I'd see her down there doing maneuvers and have her smoke on. The Mosquito (laughs)
4: Mitigation Program by Patty
3: Wagstaff
0: yeah well that's great so and and the trip back was uneventful as well and
3: uh, uh pretty much i mean again, we had to do some uh just some kind of seat to the pants navigation stuff we couldn't get through across the isthmus of mexico yeah, and yep. so again some diversions and it was great adventure yeah james you can stick around right you're going to stick around oh, i'd love here? to that's Thank terrific we got a bunch of really
0: cool guests going to be joining us up here on the deck for the next about 90 minutes or so but uh, we got to take a break right now you're listening to a very special episode of uncontrolled airspace on sun and fun radio hello aviators this is pilot jim g and you're listening to sun and fun radio
5: wpep 788 broadcasting at as well as in Building C, Space 62, during the fly-in. If down-home grassroots flying is your thing, General Aviation News is your magazine.
0: So, Jeb, you, you don't think this is a very special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace?
1: I was just, I always remember back in the, I think it was the 80s, uh, there was some uh, program on, on network television. I think it was called Blossom. And, and you always heard this little lead-in for this tonight on a very special issue, an <laughs> uh, episode of Blossom. Of Blossom. And, of course, yeah. all I
0: wanted to do was make me change the channel. So. <laughs> that could be the title of this episode. A very special <laughs> <laughs> episode of Blossom. Um, uh... Jeb so, and Dave are here, and that may or may not make it a special episode, but we've got some cool guests, and yeah, that is yeah. going to make it a, yeah. uh, a special episode. Joining us here in the uh, virtual hangar, the actual deck, uh, is uh, a new friend to me, a gentleman that I just met, Who, uh, although his uh, reputation precedes him, and we'll talk about that, but let's talk about regular stuff first. Brian Foley is up here. Brian is uh, the president of Brian Foley Associates, which is a general aviation consultancy in New Jersey. Uh, Now, my first question is, what the heck is a general aviation consultancy? What does that mean? What do you guys do?
6: We help uh, folks understand the general aviation space a little bit, particularly the investors that come in. We help with due diligence and things like that. The, The kind of thing we got hooked up with before early on was, for an example, when Raytheon Aircraft was sold and became Hawker Beechcraft, we were on the team of one of the investors that looked at that company in a little bit of detail.
0: Are they always big projects like that, or do you help smaller you know,
6: organizations, individuals? No, that, that's right. We, we have other clients that uh, we help with marketing plans and, and that sort of thing, so it's really a pretty broad spectrum. Without asking you to
0: name names, can you tell us about some of the you know, challenges you face, some of the uh, situations? I mean, How is aviation doing these days from your perspective?
6: Yeah, it, in general, consulting is kind of like the travel budget. It's the first thing to go in a downturn. So it was uh, difficult at times, but fortunately there was enough activity out there to keep us busy. And we also have a footprint in the investment banking side, too, so that kind of counterbalances
4: the consulting side. And that's the side that's got my interest back. Yeah.
0: So um, you're involved with a very interesting project. We've talked in recent episodes about the fact that uh, a Cirrus aircraft uh, is uh, in the process of possibly selling itself to or being sold to a, a Chinese organization. Um, and we've talked about our thoughts on this and our, our speculation of what this might mean and the pros and cons and whatnot. Um, but Brian, you're involved with uh, what, an organization or an operation? or, or a, a, You're trying to find an alternative, is that correct?
6: Yeah, and it really came from your good folks that uh, listen, the general aviation community out there. And we did it very innocently at first. We as a consultant, cut a little paper on maybe why the Chinese were looking at general aviation companies and why they've been snapping them up um, so frequently, and we we speculated why that was. And it was very simple. There's a national need there, and the aviation companies are cheap today, so they're on the shopping spree. But as a result of that, the 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 input we had from the field out there through emails, through social networks, was you know why why can't a company like Cirrus, which is such a American aviation heritage company, why, why can't that stay American? You know, why Isn't there a window of opportunity where maybe we could do something about this and, and make it American this time around? And I found myself in the unique uh, position that may, maybe I can help facilitate this. I can try with the investment banking footprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, from a
0: patriotic standpoint, I certainly like the idea of seeing this very American company stay owned by basically by Americans. But is there a practical reason why it's not a good idea for a company like Saris like to be owned by a,
6: a group offshore? There's no practical reason, and it really is sort of a, a, a passion thing in, in the U.S. And if I may go offline just for a second, there's actually a crowd here listening to this great show. Uh-oh, here we go. i like, now lost just, control officially. Here we go. let right. just let's verify this. I'm, do I know you, sir? <laughs> are, are you aware of the Cirrus situation and the, the company being sold offshore? Yeah. What, what's your position on that or thought? Uh, first, uh, I think on another podcast uh, not that long ago about the same subject. So that's that's actually why I'm aware about the whole. Uh, and obviously, even though I'm not American, I would I would rather see Cirrus staying in American hands. That's for sure. Thanks. Sam. Are you aware of that? Uh, yes, I wear it, and I'm, I'm torn between trying
7: not to be too nationalistic, but on the other hand, I just would like it to be American. I mean, New York City is being bought up by so many other different countries, and I feel that Cirrus would be better for, only for personal reasons, just to stay American, because it's just a, a wonderful American story.
5: So the, uh, the exact same way is that I'm concerned that the purchase of the company is step one in moving it offshore,
0: I'd like to see it. Yeah, we apologize for the. He's wandered down into the crowd, and in the microphone, the wireless microphone's a little bit far away from its base we've station. We've just established the range. Yes, of Yes, we found the scope. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, come on up here. Um, David, hold your microphone.
5: Number one. Okay, I'll try that again, real quick. I'm just concerned that the purchase of the air of the company will. Be, will be step one in moving the manufacture of it off off offshore. Yeah, that's so, what I'm
6: concerned with. Right. So I, I didn't plant these folks. This this is the we'll, we'll way General Aviation is, is thinking today, and they think that what a great thing it would be to keep an iconic company like Cirrus in the U S. And that message came loud and clear to me. So I took action to try to do something about it by trying to assemble a counteroffer. And how's that going? What, what's the nature of the counteroffer you're trying to put together? What, we're, what we did is went public that wouldn't it be a great window of opportunity now to maybe come back with a counteroffer. Maybe the first folks the first time around didn't market this well enough, and maybe there's investors that would like to get on board now. And maybe the first folks that try to sell it didn't contemplate a pool of investors. Not everyone can cut a check for $210 million, which is supposedly the current price of the company right now. So why not try to reach out, get known publicly, and see if some investors can't step up to the bar here and have some interest. Yeah. Now, have you spoken to Cirrus? We have not. We'll talk to them at the right time. And... I'm not sure what that means. What would the right time be? I think we have to come with them with more than air in our pocket. We have to have something that's, uh, that, that, that's done and, and signed and ready to go with a, a real offer. And we've been very gratified and amazed at how quickly the investment community reached out to us. Without even picking up the phone, we had contact from up to seven investors that we're working right now. We're circling back with them. And just with the pooling idea... Um, we have agreement in principle uh, for up to 55% of the deal right now, just in two weeks. So we're hopeful that uh, you know, by May 30th, which is the close date, maybe we can have a, a nice counteroffer to present.
1: Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What, what kind of time frame is it you're working with here? Uh, but more importantly, I think, why, is, is why or why not is $210 million not a fair price for Sears?
6: Yeah, I don't think we're talking about fair or unfair. That you know, we're, we're just the facilitators, the, the folks that are assembling this. That's up to the investors to decide what a, a fair bid is. But uh, we're we're willing to go forward. If if one party thought that was a fair bid, um, we'll, we'll do some diligence and see if we can't get a good counteroffer to top that.
4: So that would mean coming up with a bid that's even more fair. Hopefully, <laughs>
6: yeah. So, is it going to work? Unknown. You know, time, time will tell. Um, May 30th is our deadline because what we hear is that's sort of the closing date. Um, that can slide as far as July 30th if there's some um, delays with government's approvals. So basically our timeframes are between May 30th and July 30th, but we'd rather be earlier than later with something to go.
1: And right? Your objective, Brian, would be to uh, uh, presumably, of course, Cirrus is for sale. So presumably your objective would be to buy it and keep it here in the U.S.
6: Uh, is there any other objective that you have? No, I think we're just trying to, again, facilitate what the General Aviation Committee told us loud and clear. We just talked to three folks randomly here, and that's been the, uh, the, the, the
3: loud and clear message we got. i say
4: that's been pretty consistent feedback since the announcement.
3: Right. Yeah. Does Cirrus welcome this, do you think, or are, are they... Do they not want somebody coming in and gumming up the works of what seems to be a uh, sale that's proceeding yeah. smoothly?
6: Right. Good Good question. We we can't speak for Cirrus, but we'd be puzzled why they wouldn't accept a, or listen to a higher offer. Yeah. Other than money, is
0: there anything you need to help move this along? I mean, is there anything you'd like to ask? I mean, we have a little bit of listenership here. And, um,
6: no, no. It, let, let me talk about listenership, and th- this is an example of the passion that's in the general aviation community. I had a fellow drop me an email from Minnesota, and he was willing to dip into his personal passbook savings and send me with the uh, little little sign, the squiggly sign in front of it, around five k or so. And while well, of course that could never buy the company or, or move it in that direction, what it told us is we're doing the right thing. There's um, a lot of support behind us, and we'll we'll find the 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 big guns that can hopefully make this happen.
4: And what happens if uh, everything comes together the, the way you'd like to see it happen? What would be the sequence after that?
6: Right. You know, that's that's a good thing for the investors in my investment bank, and that's why I'm affiliated with them because they've done many deals before. Um, I'm more the, the front man that can maybe reach out to the investment community and bring them in, and, and they'll, they'll have a good, uh, you know, to-do list after that. To, to, to close this thing and keep it in the U.S. this time.
0: So, if there's anybody out there who uh, would like to contact you about this uh, to help or to whatever, is there some way they can reach you? Somebody with a few million dollars <laughs> to. I suspect someone <laughs> with a few million, million dollars, in other words. I suspect someone with a few million dollars would probably figure out how to contact you, but anyone else wants to
6: contact you? Is, this, uh, is there a website or an email address or a phone number? or yep just uh you know the the personal um, website is bryfo b r i f o dot com and um, if you want to follow us on twitter, we try to put up a little piece a day to show what's going on you know what new investors we talk to and that's uh brian foley a s s o c if anyone wants to follow along
4: okay. now when we bumped into you a little earlier Brian and I have known one another for a while and we've communicated on some other projects it didn't this is your first trip to Sunnet Fund. Is there anything about it that sticks out that would make you want to come back?
6: Yeah, I think this is something I should have done a long time ago, and that, that's what's interesting about the Cirrus deal is all the folks who reached out to me from the investment community are airplane people. I don't have to tell them which end of the airplane <laughs> goes in front. And I've been flying myself since I was 16 and have uh, have had a real passion for it myself. So, you know, finally having the opportunity to come down here um, I, I went to the CIRA st- uh, display. I went and kicked tires. I learned more about it so I can, you know, be a better resource for the investment community. So ho- hopefully with, with that learning experience, we'll move it another step forward. Well, thank you, Brian, for uh, stopping by
0: and, and filling us in on what you're up to. It's pretty interesting. And, uh, you know, I think, I think we're all on some level a little
4: puzzled by this transaction that they're planning. And, uh, and, and we're not alone, obviously, in kind of rooting for your side to see this happen. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the Chinese bought Continental. Uh, they're trying to buy Cirrus. they bought some other assets. I keep wondering what the end game would be for all those jobs if they figured out someday that there wasn't enough market here in the U.S. Why keep any manufacturing here at all? So, and they are they are on a major ramp up curve over there, as you and I have talked about in the past. Airports, pilots, indigenous aircraft, uh, buying aircraft from outside the country—somewhere uh, along the line, they saw the light that private aviation and widespread access has major implications for their economy, and they're jumping into it.
0: Thank you, Brian. Good luck, and Good. Uh, we Take appreciate you stopping by. Definitely. Definitely, see y'all. So let's talk a little bit about sun and fun. Uh, uh, we've only been here for a couple, of di- or a couple hours, Jeb and I, um, and, and James as well. Um, but what, what's the feel so far? What do, you, what do you think about the show so far? Well, so far it seems sparsely attended. I, I was noticing that myself. Yeah. It doesn't, Although it's not empty, there's a it, lot of it, people here. But, by no
1: means is it empty. Um, and the sparse attendance is, is attributable to one factor, and that's yesterday's massive rainstorms over central Florida. You think it's that oh, simple?
0: I, it, it, exactly that simple. I mean, the economy's a little messed up. The economy's a little messed Gas up. Gas is a little expensive. Gas is a little expensive. What else?
1: Well, that's pretty much... That's enough. Okay. Well, uh, we've seen that before. We saw that in 08. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we saw it worse in 08 uh, on a lot of levels. But this year, it's, it's strictly the weather. And by the weekend, shazam. You know, it, it Yeah. Uh, I
4: think uh, you're probably right. Yeah, the economy's there. definitely not more or yeah. necessarily yeah. any less messed up than a year ago when the attendance was really building toward the... The, the end of the week, and then of course we all huddled under an umbrella, got our backs wet right. doing the closing day podcast. Yeah. Speaking
0: of which, I'm almost looking forward to it. Rain. They got a nice new canopy here on the radio, We used to have that. We used to have that like umbrella here, and when it would rain, that was
4: that was Hodgson, Hodgson, Jackson, Hodgson, Jack, Hodgson. I have a canopy. I'm fine. That's
1: right. But you know, it's funny. The last few weeks here in Florida have just been magnificent. It's been 75. Eighty degrees, you know, fairly, yeah. lo, fairly low humidity. It's no rain, and then the last thirty-six hours before the show starts, it's been like uh, uh, you know, no by an
0: arc. Yeah, it's been so nice that your imaginary alligator came out. And... <laughs> All right, we'll talk about the alligator. All right, we'll, what are uh, the stories? Let's, let's here. talk about something. Else. Let's talk about some of the stories that might be brewing here this week at Sun and Fun. I, I mean, a couple of notes here. Um, let's see now. Uh, what, there's uh, not a list? There, there is a list, but you guys only I can look <laughs> at it today, right? um, Controls the vertical and the horizontal. Diamond has canceled their DJET program. program. It's canceled or postponed? Well, they, I think, I, I don't know, you know, you tell me, what have they done? I, I, I haven't seen the news, I don't know what they've done. You know, I, I mean, it's, what's going on with, with VLJ these days? I mean, is this uh, an idea that just kind of didn't take? And uh... it, was, it was started out as, as
1: a lot of hype. Uh, to begin with, and it hasn't gotten much better since then. There
4: was a little, maybe minuscule, tiny bit of oversale and (laughs) under-deliver. Yeah, okay, yeah, oh, maybe, Okay. Maybe, huh? Uh, Is anybody? There's also a couple of manufacturers that are building airplanes that are squarely in the same weight territory as the VLJ category that we all envision, but they all are allergic to using that phrase. Yeah, why is that? Uh, I don't know. Guilt by association. They want to set themselves out. Right. They, don't want to be associated with the idea of something that small, even though they're selling something that small. Right almost. now, no, DLJ for those who
0: are maybe not paying so much attention is is very light jet. Um, it's a category that was sort of, I don't know, you know, it made exciting a few years back by the Eclipse program. It was invented. And. It was invented. It was invented. Okay. By the Eclipse program and then by some others. Cirrus had a. V- well, they had a. They had not. They were different altogether. So well, Cirrus
4: had a personal jet. They're still working on that. They right. had an update no. out today. Diamond we had, had Adam one. Adam Aircraft. Diamond still got it single in play and it's about to be certified. Uh, but we had. Uh, Adam, Adam sure? Aircraft. Because this is the news Adam today. Aircraft came and went. Uh, Cirrus you know. came. And then we I got mean, uh, Eclipse came. Succeeded almost went and, and now coming now, back, kind of coming back. Well, they're, they're they're back in this support business and they're hoping to get back into the production business. And there was one rolled in here today. And, and there was this company called I think it's
1: in uh, I think it Wichita, it's called Cessna. The Mustang. I, I've heard of those. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Mustang. Do they have? Yeah, but well. see, that's now. That, see, now we're starting to get into the real, real well, fudge talk, area.
4: You're because, talking about the Mustang. Yeah. When talk about Cessna. Right. And they don't like the association of VLJ and a Mustang, uh, but the Mustang is huh. you know about an eighty five hundred nine thousand pound airplane, well down in the twenty thousand from the twenty thousand pound cap that's considered a light jet. So, uh, you've got that uh, Embraer. From uh, San Jose dos Campos, Brazil, they have their Phenom 100. Ooh, say that again. Yeah, I was San ask, Jose please. dos Campos. Ooh, I love it when you... And they that. serve the greatest in the right world.
3: Now, okay. um, well, part of the VLJ attraction, when invented by Eclipse, was the promise of the under $1 million jet, which gets into the territory of electricity too cheap to meter. My question, if they did produce that... <laughs> If they did produce that, how many people today would be stepping up and saying, "Yeah, I've got a million dollars"?
4: Oh, bunch. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's still possible to get a jet for under a million dollars.
3: An old one. It totally just may. You Citation. Yes, you're going to spend It may only be on. the
4: engine, but you you can get that jet for under a million bucks. So wait, frame optional.
3: So, David, do you think that if indeed they came out with the price point right now of VLJ of one million dollars, you think we would see people lined up with a check? Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Oh, well, what's, I mean, the, what's the
3: going price for a Mustang these days? 2.3?
1: Higher than that, more than that? Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's about three, 3.1.
4: Okay. okay.
3: Well, I mean, you're able to get wonderful used piston aircraft for a fraction of what they would have been... A few years ago, and I don't see people. Son, I could sell that.
4: you a really nice sure. Learjet 25 right now That's for right. about four hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, hours. and I'm so sure let's... the
3: maintenance of that and meeting the C checks and the D checks and God knows what else, I would be.
4: The only thing even that runs faster, faster than the fuel flow meter is the bank account. That's right. That's right. <laughs> let's go
0: to another end of the spectrum here. How's LSA doing these days, Dave? You and I were wandering through the LSA Mall earlier,
4: and uh, that was very interesting couple hours that we spent over there uh, saw two, I think maybe three, designs that have not been here before. Two that I know of. Which ones are those? Uh, well, gee, Manny, I don't, didn't bring this stuff in front of me. One of them is a tandem seat tricycle uh, with an excellent useful load, good speed claims, uh, uses the Jabiru 6. But it was built like a luxury fighter inside. Side sticks. I'm sorry? It's called an MC1. Yeah, right. that's, it. That's, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's Jamie. Jamie just joined, just joined to us. he will be talking is, to Jamie more a little bit right, later on, right? Is, this is our old buddy Jamie Beckett. Uh, yeah. What is it? Uh, City Council or? Oh, City well, no, no, don't do that. We'll introduce him later on. Yeah. He's just a
0: guy. He's just a, but, just a pilot
4: uh, in the hangar, that's all. You know, you, it, in a world where the tandem seed LSAs have all been let's say, variations on a cub concept, not that there's many of those around, uh, or side-by-side to have a really high-performance tandem with side sticks and glass panel and a good payload and go like spit within the LSA. Yeah, how, how high performance can it be? There are limits. 120 knots. Ooh, woo. I, I'd, dev- I'd you to some. find a Cherokee or a 172 that will come close to that. No, I know. I'm Devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. Hmm? Um, let alone a 150. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah. What else did you see over that you liked? Well, I, got, I spent a little time looking at uh, Flight Design's metal concept airplane, uh, and that's turned out nicer than I expected. Uh, it's damn near as roomy as the CTLS, which is... The CTLS, if nobody's ever seen it, it's like you took an egg, turned it on side, put a prop on the small end and attached a wing to the top and wheels to the bottom of the back end. It's huge inside. Yeah, see? Fast, 115 knots, uh, decent payload, uh, all composite except for the metal concept. So that's good. There's a couple of rehashes of old experimental designs that were very popular about seven or eight yeah. years ago that have now been, you know, approved, compliance papers, LSA legal, and so forth. So, uh,
0: yeah, innovation cool yeah, continuing the, the number
4: yeah. continues to grow. Uh, production continues to go. Uh, they added a, I don't know about 350, 375 on the registrations last year. What we really need is a couple of things from our favorite aviation agency like having sport pilot instruction that's exactly the same as private pilot instruction counted toward a private pilot and not put off limits because well those flight instructors weren't the real kind so yeah
0: Yeah. the ctls and egg is not the player in the reproductive process that i compare the ctls to
7: you're going to cut that
1: out
0: later on. <laughs> We're live on AM radio. I, I worded that very carefully. Uh, avionics. What's going on in avionics this, this time around?
4: Saw so a couple of, and, and I'm, I'm not going to be able to name the names of them because it was kind of a blast through this morning before the crowds came along, but a couple of very nice uh, experimental category only uh, primary flight displays that are open architecture. You pick the software that you want because they're Windows platform. Then we got the new stuff from Garmin that was announced a week ago at the Aircraft Electronics Association. Uh, the GTN 650. 750 and, and 650. Uh, it's like the 0430 and 530 pumped up a little bit with the controls turned into a touch screen. Right. Uh, we know that uh, Honeywell is working on its KSN 770 in concert with Aspen Avionics, which hopefully may get that to a uh, uh, certification before I reach retirement age. Uh, God knows they've been working on that. I, I know.
0: we're not going
4: to do anything. All right. uh, um. And Carmen uh, also had a couple of interesting new side things uh, like a uh, collision avoidance system of their own making that uh, looks very sharp, so. A lot of innovation still here, and, yeah, and, yeah, and and it's open for business. All those people out there listening to it on the internet, the doors are open. Come on down. Yeah. Speaking of being open for
0: business, so we buy anything yet? You almost bought something. Jeff. I almost bought something, then they couldn't get the, the credit card. card.
1: Credit card machine wouldn't work.
0: So yeah, I hate it when that happens. I do too.
1: Yeah. Uh, what were you going to buy? I was going to buy a landing light, an LED, an LED landing, landing light. Yeah. Light. The landing light on my airplane is right in there in the nose bowl, and where it's subject to all this vibration and. Uh, uh, all kinds of nonsense. And I might get 25 operational hours out of the airplane before I have to replace the bulb. Um, the bulbs are fairly cheap. Uh, it's, you know, maybe 30 minutes or so to replace it. I have other things to do with my time. The the uh, the LED bulb from Whalen is uh, $200 and change. And uh, supposedly it's a lifetime, you know, 5,000-hour an thing and, and da-da-da-da-da. So I'm, I am gonna think I'm going to do the upgrade and see what
0: happens. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, James, you got any plans to buy anything this week?
3: Uh, I don't know that I'm going to be buying things. I've got my eyes open. Uh, I did buy a transceiver. I replaced my old handheld transceiver recently. Really? What brand did you get? I got the Sporties the uh, 400. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's good also because that has the glide slope and the, VO, uh, the right, VOR, right. so that's very nice to have. I am going to fly a 182 tomorrow that's uh, equipped with this new Sky Vision Extreme ADS-B unit. And, of course, ADS-B, there are so many different questions about where it's going and what's going mm-hmm. to be legal and what is not. This is very bold for them to come out with a, a unit like this, and I'm very eager to see how it performs and see what we see on the screens.
1: This is, this is ADS-B in.
3: Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be able to see supposedly traffic yeah. and everything else. We've got to take another quick break here.
0: But first, we've got a really cool gathering of listeners here or, yeah, or, here. or just people who are looking. Woo! Right. Real quickly, where are you from? What town? What airport? Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Orlando. Orlando. Brandywine in Philadelphia. Farmersville, Texas. Texas. Dubai. 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 Melbourne, Florida. X-Ray 04. Sheets. Sheets. Stuttgart, Germany. Germany. Very cool. You're listening to a very special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on Sun and Fun Radio.
6: This is Jeff Ward from Behind the Scenes at the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast. You're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788, 1510 AM, Lakeland, Florida, and on the web at liveatc.net
0: slash snf. It's gotten kind of quiet here on the field. Oh, here's an airplane on turning final over here. It's uh, oh, there's been a steady stream of arrivals. So. Have there? I yeah, haven't noticed. You've just yeah, just been talking. Haven't You've been busy. Yeah. yeah, I've been I've been kind of had my back to it. But uh, so yeah, it's, uh, the and these are these are arrivals. These are like uh, attendee arrivals. And, well, they're and, landing.
4: Yeah. We presume they're arrivals. Okay. Run, runway nine is open and accepting. Which one, is, which one is nine? Which way is
0: nine? Help me here. To the east.
3: Yeah, I know. Wait don't, a minute. Don't. From left to right. I can't that? do it. I'm not going to try. Don't make me come down. <laughs> here. I'm just going to embarrass myself. Now I know you were saying that attendance is down, and I would agree that the weather has something sure. to do with it. And you look at the forecast, and it's like, oh, the whole week it's looks much better for well, the rest of the you week. You
1: know, you know, 30, 40 percent chance yeah. of rain. which means, of course,
3: as Dave pointed out earlier, there's a 60 to 70 percent chance it won't rain. But I'm walking up and down here, and I'm Are Is the event starting to kind of bleed into, or not bleed, but kind of extend into the evening a little more? It seems like some of the places are encouraging sure. people to stay longer. It they seems are. a little more adult beverages maybe are being involved. We're going to have a, a nice, so nice. Have a night show on, on Friday. Yeah. I think it's yeah. building in yeah. that direction. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot more uh, evening activities than there ever were, and there definitely are things to do in the evening. A few of the exhibitors stick around, but they mostly go away. But as you mentioned, there there's food and beverage, and there's social activities, and there's stuff to do here in the evening. Absolutely. Well, what are we
1: doing here?
4: I know. Really? <laughs> oh, we're working. We're working. Yeah, oh, well, that's right. So
0: paying the bills. Yeah. Joining us here on the uh, in the virtual hangar on the actual I have deck to, is. I have to step uh, in. Oh wait a minute! Here's the principal. What are we doing? I have
2: to say, you know, you guys have picked a good spot because we have the hangar on one side, and the Sunset Grill on the other. So you're caught in between two bars. The sweet spot. <laughs> it's the sweet spot. And there's, a, and there's a canopy,
0: so we're good. And we have the yeah, canopy. the only we're place good. you
2: can't get a drink
4: here is the sandbar yeah. <laughs> or the radio station. Jamie
0: Beckett is back. Jamie was on the podcast here a year ago, I think, when we were here at, uh, at Sun and Fun. In the and rain. Yes, I was. That's right. Jamie Rainy is. day Jamie. I sat down with Jamie before we started and I said, Jamie, how do I introduce you? And we made a list. He's a CFII, an MEI, an ANP, a journalist, a novelist, and an aviation evangelist. So uh, welcome back.
7: Essentially, I just don't have the focus to have an actual job.
3: Isn't uh, isn't he a commissar also uh, now?
7: That's true. He is a uh, politician, but he seems like a nice guy anyways,
3: right? thank you. Thank
0: you
7: so much. I am a city commissioner in Winter Haven, Florida. Now, how long have you been that now? When we met you a year ago, it was a relatively new thing or not? Yeah, I'm coming up on two years now. Um, And haven't been recalled. No, nobody shot at me or stabbed me or thrown anything at the podium. And all kidding aside, I'm sure there
0: are many issues in your town that you that are important to you and that you've been trying to help out with. But you told us, I believe, that one of the issues you were particularly interested was the way your town treated aviation.
7: Absolutely. And, and I really do feel that Gilbert Field in Winter Haven is the greatest airport in the world. And I think you ought to feel that way about your home field. It is a terrific place, and I love it. But Winter Haven, like a lot of cities, always had the attitude that Maintaining the airport was a burden. They had to do it because it was there. And, oh, what a shame. If we just didn't have this airport hanging around our necks, we could really shine. And I'm pleased to say, and it's not just me, it's other people, but by being able to be in city commission and have a different platform, they've started to realize this is a part of your economic development potential. You can really do something here. And I'm pleased to say we're one of the cities talking to Icon Aircraft about establishing their factory in Mm -hmm. town. Yep. Uh, we've got some really great things happening on the field. We've got a new FBO coming in in May, and and it's really turning around. It, it, it is, is a it, whole different you got place. campers
4: again this year? I think we do.
7: As a matter of fact, I believe
0: we it's do. It's amazing.
4: Been, it's incredible.
0: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um By any chance, have other communities contacted you to learn about your
7: success or your techniques or whatnot? You know, interestingly enough, in February, I was invited to give a speech to the East Polk Committee of 100 about the value of aviation. And I think they thought I was going to come up and talk about how much I like airplanes. But instead, I make it about how if you own a hardware store or a barber shop or a hotel or a restaurant, aviation should matter to you. Because, you know, if you think about it, when Valentine's Day comes, if you're in Chicago, those flowers weren't grown locally. They came in on an airplane. Wherever you are in America and you go to the produce section of your supermarket, that fruit and those vegetables, they came from someplace on an airplane if it's not summer. So, you know... Aviation really does impact all our lives. So the thing is to to start thinking about how does my business dovetail with this and how do we make it work better. They were really surprised. It went well enough that I actually filmed a six-minute version of that and put it up online.
4: Don't get Good. ahead of me. Good.
7: Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Don't get ahead of us. If you, you, it was it, it,
4: Jamie put a, 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 an abbreviated version of that talk he gave to the what, what was it the epic 100 or it's called EPC 100 the East Polk Committee of 100 and on his new venture right. com, and you, the monkeys don't fly out of where you think they might <laughs> no,
0: no, no. Crazy. All right, all right. I guess we will talk about this now. So you're you're uh one of the principals in a kind of interesting new website uh called Flight But Did I get
7: that right? That is flightmonkeys.com. Mon- Very serious business as you can tell. Yeah, is it Flight Monkey or Monkeys? Monkeys it, mon- plural, plural. cuz there's a lot of us just like out here okay. on the deck. So the
0: flightmonkeys.com. What's it all about? <laughs> what are you doing there?
7: Well, you know, uh, l- well, let me tell you a weird little story that kind of gives me the reason for it. I ran into a kid on the ramp 2 days ago in Winter Haven who just got his sport license at 21 hours. Now people all all over America including a lot of CFIs are under the impression this is a dumb down certificate, can't really get it. That's not at all true. I've talked to you Dave before about when I first started flying, I was in New York I I would go out to MacArthur. My first instructional flight was special VFR. My second was across country I didn't know I was getting ripped off. But if you don't know somebody in the business, it's very hard to get solid information. So the impetus for flight monkeys was, where does somebody go to get real information? If I want to get involved, and I don't know anybody, it's just an idea I have. I'm 13 years old or 15 years old or 82 years old, and I want to start. How do I find out? So we started this just so we'd have the ability to point out there are a lot of resources available that are free. And there are a lot of resources available, like your FBO, that you're not even aware you're allowed to go. Because you know as well as I do, the average person goes to the general aviation airport they see all those signs and the barbed wire and the dogs, and they're like, oh. I know, and sometimes I, I know they know position the
0: building so you can't see the air. Right. Oh, don't sure. go there. No, no, yeah, all right, okay, that's another thing altogether.
7: Now, it's it's true, though. So I, I've really have taken this opportunity over the past year or so to become an unabashed evangelist for aviation. I really do think it's got a lot of positive benefits. Educational, it's the best anti-drug program in the world. It teaches kids how to set what seem like unattainable goals. Through step-by-step process, you can get anywhere. Yes, and you're
0: kind of preaching to the choir here. How do you communicate that to the non-aviation public?
7: Well, two weekends ago, because I'm a merit badge counselor for Boy Scouts, I was over at Fantasy of Flight. They do a camporee every year. We did aviation merit badges for 500 kids. And out of those 500, I'd say there's less than a dozen who really weren't into it. Most of them are absolutely fascinated. Great questions. And they really were curious. Now, each of those kids, unfortunately, goes home with no more connection to aviation than they just had. Flight Monkeys gives kids like that an ability, okay, now I've got a place to go. I can ask an actual CFI a question if there's something I don't know or if I want to find information. that I don't even know where to start to look. They have access to that now. So, yeah, is there a follow-up plan for those kids? Actually, we're in the the early stages right now. It's building name recognition and inter- There's new content every day, but I can tell you without getting specific, there's a long-term goal, and it will expand dramatically to a much larger educational component, much more social component, and start really. Providing some incentive for people to be creative. For example, aircraft ownership is considered unattainable by most people. But in a partnership or a flying club, it's actually inexpensive. It's very inexpensive. Not only do you get access to an airplane, you get access to a social organization that allows you to kind of keep going. There may be a CFI or a mechanic in your group. That's... Kind of the thing I look to, just like here. Aviation is a very social enterprise. People who aren't in it don't realize that. If we can just celebrate that and accept it and spread it out to people that it's not something that happens in isolation, it, you know, it's called hangar flying for
4: a reason. And it's not just a $100 hamburger. It's the family vacation. It's over the river and over the woods and over the snow and on to Grandma's house. And And if Grandma has a 3,000-foot grass strip in the backyard, well, just... (laughs) Hey, that's right. What's her phone? Yeah. You'd like her. Tell us
0: about some of the things that are... Family podcast. Tell us about some of the things that are uh, AM radio. AM radio. Yeah. (laughs) No editing. Uh, Some of the things that are on flightmonkeys.com. What kind of stories, what kind of
7: items, what are you talking about? Well, one of the things I like to link to as often as possible is the pilot's handbook of aeronautical knowledge. Absolutely. Uh, One of the things that people overlook, and I I see this in my CFI work a lot. People want to know about the tests. There's trick questions. I don't get this. I think it's unfair. The fact is the FAA writes the test, and they base everything on their own publication. Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge, whether you're a sport pilot, private pilot, commercial pilot, most of the information you need is right in that book. But that book, the FARs, and the Aeronautical Information Manual, they're free. You can have them online as PDF files anytime. Kids are technologically proficient. They'll go ahead and see that. We also, I I encourage the staff to, with good humor and good taste, go ahead and make fun of me. I I want to get away from that whole thing where people start their aviation experience and they're dealing with someone in a tie with epaulets, and it's very serious. Because you know what? For most of it, it's not. Safety is very serious. Your education and your dedication to performance is serious, but you're having
4: fun. Right. So you you try to take it uh, uh, less seriously than we do, obviously. (laughs) Well, there is which, which would be difficult to do,
1: but
7: but no, I, I, uh, there's a piece actually on there today with the Blériot 11 on it because that that's cool? from yeah. early aviation, and people, you know, it, it's kind of fun to know that that's
4: how basic it was not that long ago. That's right, and that beat the Channel Tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, it did that's at, a right, yeah. That's right. at a much, much lower cost. At a much lower cost, and actually better connection time. Uh, The only thing is Santos Dumont, when he got to England, he found out that they'd lost his bag. So (laughs) that's that's because he had to clear
0: TSA. Jamie, don't go away. We want to talk more about some more stuff with you, but it's
7: flightmonkeys.com, just like it sounds, right? It certainly is, and you can search for it on Facebook as well. And if you click on Like on Facebook, you're in the running for an iPod. Oh, really?
4: Oh, yes. We've heard of those. There you go. There you go. All right.
0: So, uh, more things that are going on here at Sun and Fun. Um, ultralights. David, did you get down to ultralights? David's, you know, see, the problem is that Jeb and I just got here. David's been here for four days, so we're like leaning spent, on David here Spent an
4: hour with uh, old, old good friend David Piper, who's the chairman of the Paradise City area. Mm-hmm. Which is um, the ultralight They've done light area. some really great things over there to improve the, uh, improve the runway safety to improve the camping environment, uh, to make it more hospitable to the light sport, ultralight, and light experimental vendors. Uh, They moved a parking lot that used to be kind of what would be an overrun some other place. They've removed it. They've put in a sloped arrival with markers and arrows. It says runway is here, Uh, and it's all clear ahead of it. They put in drainage ditch. Uh, plumbing underneath it so that it uh, doesn't flood that field. They did the same thing at the uh, at the far east end. They cleared out all the trees. They widened the runway. They widened the taxiway. They improved the campground. Uh, I'm not sure how much they got to fly over there today because it was bloody IMC until not too long before the air show yeah. uh, but yeah. he's well, got a better Jeff crowd man, over there well,
1: when we got here right after lunch right after noon right, I right say, about noontime they were, yeah. they were flying they were, yeah, they they were really landing really over our heads good good head. here. Yeah. yeah
0: last year we were having a lot of fun with a particularly unique looking ultralight that was over there I don't know if you recall it it was a very, very tube and fabric-y kind of thing. It had a funny seating position. Remember, the seat was kind of up in it. Oh, yeah, it was a one-off, I remember. Exactly, it. Yeah, right? And the story at the time was that that gentleman has been bringing a different personal design to Sun & Fun each year for some time. I'm wondering whether or not he's back with another design like that.
4: I, I'm afraid i got to beg more than the usual ignorance on my part on this one because I uh, didn't see anything like him. Over there on uh, Sunday afternoon when Dave was giving me the nickel tour of all the changes, uh, did not get over there on Monday uh, because, like the Wicked Witch of the West, I tend to melt when it rains too hard. But the flight monkeys can save us from that. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I lost the question. I know
1: what it was. There no, are so, what it many, was so many responses that come to mind. I know, no, no, no. no I know what it was.
0: Down. I know what it was, David. So over the past few years, the ultralight world has kind of gone through a shock. All right, um, LSA has kind of diverted some of their their energy, and of course the economy. But um, has it leveled out, or is
4: I think so. Uh, there are. A handful of companies that have hung on by their nails in, in the ultralight end. And for for anybody that's new and not familiar, ultralight is defined by FAR 103. FAR 103 fits on one piece of paper. 254-pound maximum weight, 55-knot maximum speed, 5-gallons maximum fuel, single-seat day VFR. That's pretty much it. Within that, anything goes. Uh, CGS is still building an ultralight version of the Hawk. Uh, uh, Phil lockwood got the Trifter uh, and doing a single-seat version of the Trifter ultralight. Uh, I don't know if they're here. They weren't on uh, Sunday, but M-squared down in, uh, uh, I believe, it's Southern Mississippi uh, had a very nice little ultralight that uh, a year ago was selling for about 16000 Uh so there's still some energy there, and there's some enthusiasm for the idea that you can't fly on a medical certificate, but you failed your medical, which means you can't be a sport pilot, but by golly, you could still fly motor glider, hot air balloon, sailplane, and ultralight mm-hmm. regardless. And that's starting to catch on with some folks. Plus, the money factor on it when you can get a ready built air well and B Light. I almost forgot about B Light. They resurrected the old, uh, an old design. They would hate it if I said it, but it was the uh, Kit Fox Light that they oh, redesigned. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It won Best uh, best Ultralight here last year, uh, ready built for you know 20, 20 some odd thousand dollars, single seat, 40 horsepower. No medical required, no manufacturing required, don't have to build in the garage, you get it, it's ready to go. Uh, so there's some life left in this. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad to hear that
0: because that's you know, it's real, well, I mean, it's all real flying. But that's, you know, very grassroots. Well, my,
4: my first trip here, this is kind of a n- mental nostalgia tool, tour for me this year. This is the 30th anniversary of my first trip to Sun and Hey, congratulations, yeah and there were a hundred and some odd companies selling airplanes, ultralight airplanes and the next year there were more and were 250 260 different designs at one point uh, so it's gone through the apogee it's been past the perigee it didn't burn out in the environment and now we may be seeing it come back to a sustainable plateau
0: yeah we were talking about av- avionics uh, a couple moments ago. Um, let me throw out an idea, and let's just talk about this a little bit. Let me suggest that one of the big hits of this of this uh, Sun and Fun will be the iPad. I see a lot of iPad products everywhere yeah. I go, you know, and, I, and and my bias is out there. I'm a big Apple guy, and I'm, I bought an iPad on day one. But a Two. lot of people seem to be getting into them these Two. days. <laughs> Three, actually. But okay. That's, well. that's just, <laughs> but that's another story <laughs> that's another story altogether um, so uh, yeah and, and you bought one eventually I, I have one please. yeah and yeah. Uh, and Wait, I'm seeing lots I think I'm going to get one um, you think you are yeah what, what now what well, what's tipping you over the edge?
3: Well uh, whatever is tipping me over the edge the application that keeps coming to my mind that I keep saying to people is that I can put all my charts on exactly. It. Yep. And I've seen, you know, got, part 91. Got another iPad winner do, over there in the there gallery. Yeah, there we go. Oh, uh, And another one. And. Part 91, I can do whatever I want, but I was very heartened recently to see they did the decompression tests mm-hmm. with it. For part 135, it makes me feel a little more confident. Right, that's about been in that. the
0: news recently. Um, I, want, I only got a chance to wander through one and a half of the exhibit buildings here, but I, I must have seen three or four different iPad products that were on display. Um, and uh, it's kind of interesting. And
3: we're also obviously seeing so many of the aviation publications we love being sized for iPads as well. Yeah,
4: exactly, yeah, that's right. Well, the NetJets, the fractional ownership. Uh, folks, they have a management, aircraft management operation. They wanted to go to iPads for all their crew uh, running uh, flight software with charts, approach plates, and the whole bed. Uh, this actually went to 51,000 feet and endured an explosive decompression test. Which is probably more than you or I could do. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I explosively decompressed once. No, 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 don't. No, no, no,
1: no. No, no. no, no. <laughs> no AM radio, man.
4: So, uh, yeah. But you, you think about it, then, now there's no hard drive in here, and hard drives depend on a little cushion of air. Right. As it gets thin, they yeah, don't so work so well. Can't do this that. is solid-state memory, but then there's still issues of how will the screen behave. Uh, liquid crystal display led displays all that stuff had never been tested that way and the battery technology Uh, that's got to be able to sustain a sudden change in pressure to meet their standards Uh, the machine sailed through uh, got the approval they're using them in in uh, for higher service and that would make it a class two if i remember correct efb But once it's endured those tests and got the improvements, Class Two is
1: connected, hardwired into the ship's power,
4: ship's data, and they're plugging these into the power. Yeah,
0: is um, is the touch interface good enough for when you get in an environment that is perhaps violently moving around and you know?
4: Well, and and you mentioned the Class Two; they're using these in a mount, which is the other element of the Class Two, and. It, but it doesn't interface with their navigation systems and all that like a class three right, would. Right, right. Uh, if you can, if you can maintain it in a stationary, that is relatively stationary to your hand, then the touchscreen can work out fairly well. I can't even keep the yoke stationary in my hand. What are you talking about? <laughs> It's the DTs, dude. It's the DTs. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, that's, what it yeah. is. that's what it is. That's so what well, it is. So he's a delirious tumbler. <laughs> <laughs> if um, I can interject on that, actually, yeah.
7: Jack, one of the great things about charts on the iPad for the VFR guy, you no longer have to be worrying about the whack and the sectional and the terminal. With a pinch, you can expand the scale and... Get a much better view of exactly. what you're looking at, and with an opposite pinch, you can get better detail or a wider view. It's kind of neat. Then you're not trying to fold things and go through whatever. You can just scroll along your route of flight as you go. Yeah. You can't draw a line on it, but you can pop- yeah. follow along.
0: Yeah.
1: I think the application we're talking about here, of course, is ForeFlight.
0: flight is definitely yeah. the sort of leading Yeah. You know, but we're seeing more and more
4: out there. That, we're, we're, you know, Jefferson
1: has an app. Um, Iboardies like has been a year ago. The this. flight
4: guides people had all their exactly. flight guides yeah. uh, available on the iPad, and it's just grown from there.
0: Yeah. Do you use your uh, the, the listener out here? Do you use your iPad in uh, flight in the cockpit? A poor man six ninety six. Okay, um, it works for you. Do you use it in IFR, IMC, uh, no, VFOR, just VFR? He has a 150 and a Yoke mo- Mountain. Yeah, okay. I use it just as backup information. I'm flying by i okay. right, right. So he just, it's a backup. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Okay. Um, we're sneaking up on a break here. You know, one thing I want, I, I want to do this. I- Jeb knows this. Jeb knows that I'm becoming a hardware person. Okay? Um, all my life I've been a software person. Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. And, uh... Jeb has been helping me learn how to maintain my motorcycle, and, and perhaps someday I would learn how to maintain an airplane. Sure. I mean, I've asked lots of questions over the sure. years about what, what I can legally do on an airplane that I'm flying, and I'm really curious about that kind of stuff. Um, uh, Mike Flies uh, is a uh, – that's his Twitter name. Uh-huh. Uh, he's one of the members of the uh, – um, the uh, Mile High Flyers podcast. And uh, he was telling us recently that he has taken the uh, light sport aircraft repairman's uh-huh. certificate or whatever, right? Okay. And I didn't realize that, that this gave you as many, um, you, you were allowed to do as much as you are. I thought it was kind of like one of, you know, what is it, um, experimental, you can get permission to he maintain your own, certificate. but just your airplane, right. not even others of the same model. Right. Apparently, this LSA repairman certificate, he can do annuals on LSAs.
7: That right? would be a conditioned inspection, actually. Yeah. And the, the reason is because a certified airplane, a Part 23 airplane, you're maintaining the Part 43 standards. You need an AMP or an AMP with an IA. But the light sports are done to an ASTM standard. So it's the manufacturer that designs the method right. of doing yeah. the repairs, and you're you're preparing for that. So yeah, you become the mechanic for that. You know, so category I mean, it's of like, aircraft. That's kind of interesting because you know the, the, the A and so
0: you're A and P. That's a big process. I mean, that's not A&P, only training but apprenticeship A&P takes some and time, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is not nothing. This LSA thing, but uh, it's a little bit more more. I don't know how to characterize it exactly, but uh, you know, and uh, and. I think that would be cool. I should get one of these you, LSAs. You should, yeah. yeah. And then I can I mean, work
4: on it. It's like <laughs> you perfect, a, and perfect, perfect your hardware hard t- guy thing. No no no, 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 no. We're talking about a three, four-week course here.
0: Oh, that, if, if it's uh, only that, that much, that. I'm actually it's a little worried. Nowhere it's near
4: what Jamie had to go through. No, I know, I paid. know,
0: and, and the truth of the matter is, it's it's what did Groucho Marx say? You know, it's like I don't uh, want to be a club of. I wouldn't want to be a, a, yeah. I wouldn't want to be a member of a cl- any club that would ha- I wouldn't want to belong to any club that would have me as a member. All right. right, and I'm not sure if if anybody really wants me maintaining their airplane, but you never know.
1: Um, Tr- trust but
0: verify. Trust <laughs> but verify. Yeah, you do a lot of work on your airplane. I do. Yeah. I mean, legal work, obviously. Well, yeah, and you know, uh, what
1: that that allows um, preventive maintenance. Yeah, and, and,
0: and Lee works with you a lot on, uh-huh. on a lot of things, uh-huh. but uh, you seem to have a good grasp. But you're, see, you're a mechanic guy from way well, back when.
1: you know, I... I I've been turning wrenches for a while, yeah. but uh, n- none of this stuff is rocket science. At least when it comes to the allowable list of things right. that uh, uh, a private pilot can
4: do uh, under Part 43.
0: Yeah. David, how much mechan- how much uh, maintenance did you do on your airplane when you had
1: it? I uh,
4: changed the oil, changed the tires, spark plugs, light bulbs. Uh yeah uh, just about everything that the rules Did would you, allow did me you to sign do. off the database
1: uh, updates, yeah, yeah, uh,
3: James, how about you? We got a couple couple seconds nothing, left here, nothing whatsoever. The moonies are very tight to get into. I am not that, <laughs> I don't have training in it. I leave that to the professionals. That's right.
0: <laughs> November foxtrot whiskey <laughs> Bill Cosby used to famous Bill Cosby was a huge sports car fan, and he used to someone would say, Oh, you do all your own mechanics work on your sports car, and Bill Cosby would say, No, I know nothing about mechanics on He says, this is what I know about cars." Fill her up.
4: (laughs) And and there's a few things on some of these chores that you need to learn to do, like use safety wire pliers. If you're going to change the oil, you want to secure that oil filter, right? Uh, Without the oil filter secured, you could wind up running on empty.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We may or may not continue with this line of discussion. We're going to be back for a little bit longer uh, right after this break. You're listening to a very special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on Sun & Fun Radio. Live from Lakeland. Jamie, you—how long have you
7: been here this this time, this year? How you did you get here today? A couple of days ago? Well, I, I live. 15 miles away, so I was here Uh, Sunday hanging out with Dave over at the media building, and uh, I missed the big rainstorm yesterday because I had political work to do. I wouldn't say you missed (laughs) much. (laughs) Have you seen anything yet that's particularly interesting to you? Anything new? Anything On a personal note, there's uh, DC-7 painted in Eastern Airline colors over there, which means a lot to me because my first flight to Florida from Connecticut when I was four years old was on an Eastern Airlines DC-7. Yeah? Okay, everybody out there is doing the math now. And you took
4: <laughs> up flying anyway. Well,
3: <laughs> so that's the uh, the aircraft, I believe, that made its debut flight up to Oshkosh right. this past year. Right, Oh, beautiful well, it, restoration. It's a, it's, yeah, it it's a really Florida-based
1: is. aircraft, as I understand, and, and uh, you know, went through months, months, and if not years, years. Of, of restoration, and, and uh, you know, they got uh, FAA certifications and all that, and and took a bunch of people up to Oshkosh last year as kind of the, the shakedown flight.
3: Mm-hmm. And then Randy Babbitt flew it up there. I think, oh, yeah. Because his you... father flew either that exact aircraft or that uh, model. Wow.
4: Yeah. Should you use the word shakedown in an airplane with round engines? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a given. I but I will tell you, my other favorite is actually a collection
7: of three Pete poles that are over here in the grass. Really? I ran it. Two of them are built with steel tube. One is all wood. They're all from Georgia, but the guy with the all-wood one is a retired Delta airline pilot who now is just dedicated light sport. And I love that because I I ran into the kid the other day that just got his light sport, and this guy's former ATP. And he's like, "No, I'm just flying this. It's fun. I love that about this. People see the joy in it. No matter where they were or where they are or where they're going, mm-hmm.
4: it's just fun. Yeah. How many of them? Are those old Peden poles were powered by uh, old Ford engines.
7: Those are all three are, have a Corvair in them. Okay. Really? Yeah, really? all three. They're beautiful.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's it's turning out, at least so far, to be a little adventure to get here this year. Uh, David, you were telling us a story about the uh, EAA folks trying to make their way
4: here. In the, oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, if, if those are the listeners that are EAA members have probably been getting the emails about the odyssey of the uh, sweepstakes skycatcher. Yeah, I know, That's really. Right, huh? uh, yeah. With uh, Jeffrey Skiles, who's uh, co-chairman of the Young Eagles, along with the... Uh, uh, Chesley Sullenberger, Sully, you know, these are Flight 1549 crew, right? Right. And they've been making their way in the Skycatcher catcher with uh, Brady Lane, uh, EAA's multimedia journalist. Uh, from Oshkosh to Sun and Fun, by way of multiple stops where they had Young Eagle rallies and a couple of days ago, they got into Florida, they were over on the coast, they did their Young Eagles rally, and then yeah. came Monday.
0: Right, they're bopping all around America, and then when they arrived to sunny, beautiful Florida,
4: boom, boom. And this morning, they were supposed to have the airplane and do a press conference with uh, the new oh, president of EAA, uh, Rod Hightower.
0: Well stand by. What is it, Jeb? It's an airplane on final out here. That's a new standard. I don't know what type that is. Yeah, it's a biplane. I wonder plane. if that's the airplane yeah. that the uh, guy at the tail end of the air show was talking about. He said it was yeah. going to arrive. there are selling it rides. It looks like the it, standard.
7: looks like the new standard. Yeah. Four yeah. Whole, four seats up in the front yeah. hole, okay. pilot in the back, beautiful yeah. airplane. Yeah, it's, it's, it
1: just, it's, it's, it's starting to get dark here uh, in Lakeland, and... Uh, uh, overcast sky. and There's a spy plane just kind of wafting down towards the runway with its, you know, a couple of strobes blinking.
7: And... Jab Jeb, You're a Floridian. I'm a Floridian. We're rubbing it in. You gotta uh, no, stop. I know. I know.
4: <laughs> I could have sworn I heard a beagle on the time, frequency. Time on, time Is that time on. Snoopy? <laughs> time out. I accept
7: that you're a
0: Floridian. You're, saying, you're... I'm, I'm still a transplant. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're
1: still.
7: But but I do have an alligator. <laughs>
0: An imaginary alligator, yeah.
7: I'm humoring him on the alligator If he's thing, got right? a wet spot in the yard, he's got an alligator. <laughs>
0: well, and I understand that, all right, but, you know... Wilson, the alligator. I've been visiting off and on throughout the winter, and the alligator's always hiding, and I understand it's winter, so that makes sense. So about three days ago, Dave... I'm still up in New England. Dave arrives here, and they start sending me pictures of an alligator in the water. And I'm going... Okay, I guess maybe the alligator did finally come out. Well, I arrive, all right, suddenly, oh, we don't know where the alligator I told, is. I told you that. We, we can't Jack, see him. Jack, I, Jack
1: a... I told you, the alligator is very concerned. All the rain is going to make his
0: skin shrink. Yes, yeah, okay. <coughs> so he's had, to, he's had
1: to lay low here Whatever you say.
0: Whatever couple of days. Whatever you say. We're do... that wrinkled look. That's right. You, know? yeah, yeah, you can't right, have yeah, that. Yeah. We're going to do a lot of podcasting here this week. Uh, we're going to oh, do this my. full episode. Uh, we're going to do another full episode on Sunday morning. Um, again, here on uh, Sun and Fun Radio,
4: uh, uh, packaged up for the Internet feed as well. Expecting some more surprise guests. Yes. That is, and we'll be surprised if we have guests. I know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we are, um, we're going to be doing uh, another series of, uh, of uh, UCAP dailies. Uh, throughout the week, uh, where we kind of get together and talk for five or ten minutes does, about—does that mean we do that every day? However, the spirit moves. Daily, us. every day, day,
1: it's it's, it's iffy. Yeah. Da, 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 da. We're going to do
0: those, and then I will be hosting the uh, annual gathering of the aviation podcasters on Friday evening here on the deck. Um, so we're going to have about a half dozen different aviation podcasts represented, and that'll be fun. So a lot of stuff is going to be going on yet uh, this week, uh, podcast-wise. What is everybody looking forward to throughout the rest of the week? And, don't, and you know, and I know we're all looking forward to spending time with our friends, and you know, and that kind of thing. Are, are there particular announcements, products, things
4: that do, oh, they're, they're all waving it. Oh, hi! It's um, some of our friends from the EAA Media Operation. Is that what it is? Ken okay. and his lovely wife okay. Jeannie, okay. and uh, another friend. Yeah.
0: What's going to be the big story here this week, Jeb? You get to go first. I'm not sure what the big story here is going to be
1: this week. Um, I would think it will be recovery of attendance. Okay. After the weather. that If you looked at the next red yesterday for Central Florida, there was just red and orange and yellow all across the state. Yeah, it was ugly yesterday. And, and uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, looked at that and said, No, nah, I don't think so. Um, and they, they made the right decision. But uh, it, it's picked up a lot since then. And... Uh, it should it should be getting better all week. I don't know if that's going to be the big story or not. I know the Garmin uh, panel mount uh, avionics announcement a couple of weeks ago, uh, last week I should say, during the AEA convention, that's going to generate a lot of interest, but I don't think that's going to be the big story.
4: Yeah, Dave. Cessna's so, got a new version, an updated version of the Corvallis. Right. They're calling the 400 Tango Tango. And... Uh, it's already attracting some attention even in today's ugly weather uh, i want to spend a little quality time with those folks talking about that uh i can't mention the names yet but i'm lining up to fly a, a, a light sport and a non-light sport with some new avionics in it from avidine so uh it's mostly looking forward to getting all the work done
1: yeah yeah i know <laughs> one of the other big stories i think is just going to be hey you know We've kicked off the air show season for 2011. Yeah, and time uh, to start flying again. It's time to start flying again. Get get your butt out there and uh, go burn some app gas.
7: Yeah,
0: Jamie, you're a guest here. I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have any thought on what the big story is going to be here this week?
7: Actually, I think the big story isn't going to be this week. It's going to come afterwards. If you notice, there's some University of South Florida students around with iPads, and they are surveying people in the audience to find out how much money they're spending, where did you come from. They're going to develop a financial impact, economic impact report. Based on this survey they're doing, they did this a number of years ago, and the the economic impact turned out to be $27 million based on their findings. Uh, I think that's the big story, in all honesty, because we talk about high fuel prices. We talk about the economy. That tells
4: us how much oomph there really is in the GA market. And send in fund the Central Florida Aviation Academy, brand-new building here. It is an aviation high school that's part of the public school system here. It opened. Uh, they had a big kickoff for it today. That's where Sun and Funds forums are being held this year is in this beautiful new building just inside the uh, Majula Road. Yeah. Yeah, Majula Road. I've it's seen it's, that, Bill. I didn't realize the forums were there. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, the fact that they started this a couple of years ago, it's come together, the funding, it's, you know, it's there now, and it's going to be helping create new aviators and new mechanics.
0: Oh, cool! We got a four-ship
7: formation here yeah. that's doing a uh, a. Is that Arrowshell? It's the Aero show. It's The squadron. They got some really cool light flashes. Yeah,
0: right. And it's a teaser for the uh, night air show on uh, what day is the night air show? Friday. Friday, Friday night. Yeah, Friday so night. That'd be cool. Um, James, I'm going to ask you the same... I'm sorry, did we get your answer? Or we did. Yeah, yeah, well, um, I'm going to ask James the same question in a second. I just want to mention that uh, Amy is coming to town. Amy will be arriving tomorrow, I understand. Um, and I'm, sadly, she's leaving before we do the episode on Sunday. But she is going to join us in some of the dailies. Her. She's well, fired. It, it, Jeb's been practicing his high-pitched voice as a fill-in. So. Yeah, so that's what that's... Yeah, like Amy's got a high-pitched (laughs) voice. James, what's the big story going to be? Well,
3: I do love airplanes and piston singles. That's kind of where my heart is uh, high-performance-wise. So I'm also interested in seeing what they're doing with the Corvallis now that Cessna's had some time to get to know that program and and kind of Cessnize it. Also, I'm going to hopefully fly the Lepresti Fury finally. Oh, cool. Yeah, with Corky, so I'm very much looking forward to that. That's a program. When I first went down to visit Roy Lepresti, maybe 20 years ago, the prototype was hanging from the ceiling then, and Uh even then it was delayed, so I'm... Curious to kind of get the lowdown on what's going on with the project. I know they've been doing some really interesting the things with it.
4: Fact is that there are thousands of good stories exactly at the Naked right. Air shows. Yeah, so that's right. That's log right. into the SunAndFun dot org website. Yeah. Uh, follow their their sites and what's going on. Uh, the live streaming from ATC.net. dot net. Thank you, Dave Pasco. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, Anyways, all you got to do, what you really should do is be here so you can be as overwhelmed as we are. That's right. Yeah. Now, speaking of overwhelmed, here
0: we go. I don't know what to expect here, but our, our, our listener from uh, Stuttgart, Germany, right? Uh, tell us your name. Correct. Brad from Brad Marzari from
5: Stuttgart, Germany. I'm Launchpad in your forums. huh. And who comes all the way from Germany to visit my virtual friends and doesn't bring beer? Well, oh, me, because uh, the TSA bastards will uh, not let us cobble <laughs> with beer on the airplanes. But I brought you the next best thing.
0: He has gifts oh, of my. some sort here. What German, German chocolates. Ooh. Well, you know, there you we us out here, open this up. Tell us, show us what we got here. That's oh, we've the- got
5: uh, rum tapenus. uh We've got uh, white hazelnut. We've got oh, dark wow. chocolates. we got, oh, this one didn't survive the Florida morning very well.
0: Uh, flakes. Got we got extra fine milk chocolate. It's us. This is sport. man. Oh man. Is, yeah, it is says great. Ritter Sport. This is like Sport Pilot chocolate. That's right. right. It's oh. like, yeah. That's yeah. the
5: local chocolate factory in the city I live in. So cool. I thought I'd bring for all the uh, the hours of enjoyment you guys are providing us. I thought I'd try and do a little repayment.
0: Back. Thank you very much. That's very nice oh, of you. We appreciate fun. that.
4: And thank the, you, Brent. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. And yeah. now I understand why I think chocolate goes so well with beer. <laughs> thank you very much yes we're going to start to
0: wrap this thing up thank you for the chocolate we got a bunch of very thank yous here thank you for the gifts from from, uh, from a foreign land very cool very cool chocolate you don't know my history chocolate this is bad 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: uh,
0: a, a handful of, of uh, very heartfelt thank yous here uh, Brian Foley uh, uh, who is trying to put together the series package uh, we thank him for taking a few minutes and telling us about what he's up to uh, Jamie Beckett from FlightMonkeys.com. Did I get it right? Yes, you did. Thank you so much. Thanks he for has stopping by. Why trouble with that? I don't, so know, why is I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I, I know the monkeys part. I got that part down, all right? It's what it is. It's flight. flight but, I don't want to hey, say any other, one. I don't want to confuse anybody. It's flight monkeys. Dot com.
4: Well, you, you sh- It should be easy for you. You work with a bunch of them. Uh, so. I know, really.
0: No, let's not go there. James Winbrandt, thank you for stopping by. Oh, I'm my pleasure. We've got to get you on the regular podcast. If you can just, like, not go to Central
3: America, you know, or Alaska. I'll cancel or... the next trip so I can make it. There we go. It's a deal. Yeah,
2: right. It's a deal.
0: I'll, I'll take that trip. <laughs> uh, thank you to all these listeners who stopped by. and, and, uh, and uh... All right. Thank you all those great. They're the great, folks yeah. that make it all. We really do appreciate wild. it. We love and meeting the with you folks, and we love it when you stop by and say hi. So we really do appreciate that. Thank you. Big thanks to uh, is he around here? Dave Shellbetter. There he is. Oh, he's running up here. Dave uh, Shelbetter uh, uh, uh. and the entire gang are uh, uh, the the uh, guys in the booth here. Who I'm, I apologize, I don't know names, but there's been ha- the three of them, I guess, tonight. D- who've been Dave's probably pretty good. And, uh, Brian's
4: one of them Yeah,
2: Brian. Brian's you Brian's been your engineer Went for every for every podcast episode. Yep. <laughs> and then we've Dave? got. We've got Walter, and we've got Kevin. And Walter and Kevin are brand new at the station this year.
0: Thank you, guys. Thank you to David and them and to the entire staff of Sun and Fun Radio for being such great hosts. And, uh, um, you know, you ask us back, we're going to do it. So we appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah,
2: I've already, somebody in the crowds asked me where I got these people, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did, um, your name again, sir? Uh, Jim. Did you hear Jim's story? No, tell us, I did, but you tell us. Jim. Is here listening, he's a fan of the, he's a listener of the podcast, he knows, he knows David from the PFP, and he was not going to come to Sun and Fun, and then he heard us on the radio and the stream, and he said, i got to go, which is the same thing that happened with the Daniels last year. So, yep. And then not only that, okay, that, that makes me feel really cool, it makes me feel really good that somebody listened and said, I want to go and have a good time. But more importantly than that, He's been away from aviation for 30 years. Wow. Listening to UCAP, listening to PFP, listening to the podcasts, gave him the drive to get back into aviation.
0: Cool. Very nice. Very nice. Way so, to congratulations. go. Congratulations. Way to go. That's
2: excellent. That's yeah, excellent. that's really cool. Guys, yeah. thank you so that's much steady. for being here.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Dave, for having us. One more thing here. Yes. So that's Dave Hignan. That's Jeff Burnside. I'm Jack Hodgson. David,
4: did you have something you wanted to say to us? Live long, go fly, because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan, and you get double when you come to an air show. That's right, and that's enough talking. Let's go fly in TTFN.
2: Now, here is my best impression of. Ta-da, ta-da, sledge flattener. <laughs>